Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with three locations, 1303 East County Road 200 South in Danville, 7410 West U.S. 36 in Danville, and 2238 West U.S. Highway 36 in Danville. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 31. 31- 745-2700 or by going to their website hawkeyestorageunits.com This is Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger. Alan is a Hendricks County native that talks with your favorite entertainers. This is where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Sights and Sounds is sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. And now your host Alan Kiger. This is Sights and Sounds. I'm your host, Alan Kiger, and my guest today is Donnie B., one of the founding members of Enough's Enough, and main songwriter and singer of Enough's Enough. And now you have a new solo project. Um, how are you doing today, Donnie? Oh, a little bit stressed out. Actually, a lot stressed out. There's a lot. We're doing a video this week, and you know, there's a lot of arrangements, and the producer, director just keeps. He's just barking things at me, and like I know what I'm doing, you know, with all arrangements and buying stuff, and yeah, you know, and I'm just trying to roll with it the best I can. Arrange, arrange the cast. Worry about that costume. Thursday's the performance, uh, the performance shoot, and I haven't even had a chance to think about what I'm going to do in this performance because, uh, you know, with the band and stuff, with the stages and all that stuff, and because uh, I've been so busy doing all this other stuff other stuff you know what i mean so haven't had a chance and uh luckily i got you know part of my band and, and i called in a called in a couple special guests like including chips enough oh. like my bass player my bass player is sick in the hospital he lives in new york anyway so he couldn't he couldn't do it and uh chipped chipped nice enough to come down and uh but I think he wants to get in the video anyway. Well, I, I like that that you're that you're including him. I know uh, through the past you guys have been together and not together, and you're doing your solo stuff. And I, I've had some interviews with Chip, and, and I'm, I'm glad to have you on the phone to have the uh, what I call the other half of this of this band once upon a time. So that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I won't regret that. Well, I hope not. I hope it works out great. <laughs> Um, let's go back to the, to the beginning. Who were your musical influences growing up? Well, the first thing that hit me and the first thing that uh, registered when I was probably about four or so was, was my uncle's Beatle records, uh, little 45s. And I had a little close-and-play record player, and I've had these two 45s. You know, Please Please Me, I think, was in Ticket to Ride was the other one. And, and I just played the hell out of them and... Uh, you know, and uh, eventually started uh, imagining myself doing that, you know what I mean, as, as if in mining it in the mirror and stuff like that. I mean, such a year, early age. And uh, then, you know, I started, uh, at, you know, and then I just, I just kept Beatles, Beatles, Beatles. I was hooked, you know, for, for a few years and then uh, started to expand a little bit, like, uh, the, the old Motown, like Jackson 5 and Stevie Wonder and things like that really appealed to me. Plus, you know, listening to, uh, you know, subconsciously hearing AM radio or with the radio stations playing like those, all those one-hit wonders and things like that. And 
uh, just it was like an education that I didn't even realize I was getting. But you know, when people say that, oh, I'm so talented, it's so easy for me. That's that's not necessarily true. I've just been working so hard at it with tunnel vision since I was so young. That's been the only thing in my life, and a lot of guys don't, you know, don't even get into this thing until, you know, they're in their teens and stuff, and, uh, you know, when they decide, well, this sounds like a good idea, and they want to be famous rock stars, and I, I just wanted to be a great artist. I've had that a lot of people just want to, they just want to play, just be a good artist, write good songs. Yeah, like the performing and, uh, you know, making all the videos and, uh, everything that goes along with that, the touring and all that stuff, it, I have suffered from really bad anxiety, so, you know, that's a reason why I, I just, you know, self-medicated and all the mind-altering substances and booze and drugs and stuff through all those years, and it's another thing nobody understood, you know, is just trying to hang in there and deal with it from, you know, at such an early age, they swept up in this thing, and then all of a sudden center, center stage at the microphone, lead singing for for a pro band, you know, from from nothing. I was really into other bands besides Enough's Enough. <laughs> that's uh, that's quite a start. Was there was there any particular Beatles song that you remember hearing that that gave you the spark, or was it just the Beatles in general? It was uh, the first one that they say that hooked me was Ticket to Ride, and um, and then the other. And I think I forget was Date. I think uh, I forget what was on the other side, Day Tripper or something. I don't remember, but the other one was Please Please Me with For Me to You on the other side of it, and I just played those till they wouldn't play anymore. You know, I even I was starting to learn them with the skips. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you have a new song you were talking about. It's going to be released on October 16th called Party Time. Uh, you've got a limited 300 copies, I'm told, of 7-inch black vinyl, of which 100 will be signed. Tell me about that song, how it came about, why the late release, uh, when it was going to be released. Well, the song, see, when I, the Beautiful Things record, I ended up having to do a small record deal just to get the, with the Pledge Music thing is, was the way I went. And, um, you know, I reached the goal, doubled the goal. So it was, it was plenty of money to get it, to do the record. And then we got midway to three quarters in and all of a sudden Pledge Music just disappeared and said, we're, we're, uh, we can't give you the money and we can't do this and that. And then they were just gone and they screwed every artist. You know, all the artists and all their all their pledge pledgers and fans and stuff all are getting screwed. And so, I took a I took a small deal with a small record company to get at least get the CDs for cost. You know what I mean? And um and uh, get them to the fans that, that pledged because I wasn't gonna. You know, it's not their fault. And I guess most artists didn't do that. So that beautiful things I had a, I had a deal contract with them for a while and then I decided that after that because seeing as how I wasn't able to support it live I didn't want to give up on it so I decided to do a single and uh, figured well let's put it on vinyl and so with that label but um, we went with the first the, the other side of it first and, uh, due to the pandemic and stuff and uh, the, you know I just didn't feel any help or any like it almost didn't exist, like it almost didn't come out, and I just, we, with, uh, Chip and I just did a, did a licensing deal with the whole catalog on, 
that Cleopatra Records, a good record company, and they, they bought, bought up uh, all of the records and they went around and got them from everywhere. And so after that, I went and bought out all my, my solo records from these crappy little labels and got those together. And um, including beautiful things, I, I bought out of my bought out of my labels. I still had a little bit left in the contract. And so with this song, Party Time, it's uh, kind of the song that, that I've been trying to write for, uh, for you know, 20-something years once I, uh, you know, like, a, a we are the champions or, you know, something that can be real simple and, and everybody would get it and could be applied to a lot of things but still have my, uh, my sense of... Uh, musical integrity and my style and everything i finally came up with one and uh, the song is is such a you know quote unquote hit type song that that uh originally with that label i was just i was like man this is if we don't have a we need a music video for this song and so uh they weren't helping with that either so i just pulled it from them and those original 300 records that they that just tells you right there that's all they printed is 300 records so that's not a lot of confidence and so those will end up being uh you know special special edition things that for uh, either special fans or well, however we'll work that out yet but making a music video and then some people get came and got involved and on board and like the stars started aligning for for this to have some real potential with this video and when you see it you'll understand there's a there's a lot to it and it's big budget and it's it's uh it's you know um by the time it's done it look like a hundred thousand dollar video and uh there's a cast and extras and everything like that but but the song is uh is really strong and now this this new label is buying up my my catalog uh, i do believe i'm i'm gonna you know offer that to them as well if they take it and want to put you know really support it or something that would be great but if uh if it doesn't make much sense then i'm i don't mind owning it and doing it all myself with the independent promotion and you know in the video and hiring out a couple independent promoters to try to get it out there exposed as much as it can and there's a lot of things in the video that that are going to be uh, a lot of hashtags just to say the least and i can't really say or give it away right now what it is about but it's going to be you know very amusing and entertaining and so uh with those 300 records you know that's just that turned out to be something now i had, I had them send them to me seems i'm buying the song out and there was no contract so i was lucky there and so yeah there's 300 it'll be special edition or something like that you know but i, I won't be upset at all if i just roll with this one myself because this could be one out of all of my records that that could possibly do something and make some money <laughs> well i hope it does Go, you yeah me too you mentioned a minute ago about Cleopatra had purchased uh, your back catalog. Can you explain a little bit, a little more in depth, so the listeners actually understand what that means? What it means is they didn't. Um, we were offered two different options, so we could. The one option is that we would, uh, for for you know, three times the money, we actually they would actually buy the records and 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 pay us you know up front advance and then for 10 years they would own 
the record or anything that came in uh, for the sales of it that would that besides the publishing and uh, their other option was licensing which means that we still get our our cut for record sales which we've never really been paid in record sales with these crappy little labels and and the first two major records being on a major label where this uh, label fell apart and stuff and with Time Warner and we ended up owing like half a million dollars and uh, so um, the licensing deal is they go around they got all the records back from the different labels they're all going to be re-released and then a box set as well with our old demos got included and, and everything like that and, and they're probably and they're going to advertise them and, and promote them and and uh, actually sell them make some money and with licensing just you know say an artist writes a song in a movie a movie wants to pick it up they have to uh, buy the licensing rights to use it and uh, to have it under their moniker. So that's what the is the best of my knowledge. What the licensing is is uh, them having them having the control to release and promote it, and it's on them to sell it. You know, and take a percentage of the of the you know the take on what it brings in. But they must believe in it because they gave us a nice chunk of dough. That's nice. I like that. Especially with what you were saying on getting, you know, maybe getting screwed on the on the past deals there. So I, I don't think, I don't think most listeners understand what really happens with musicians. I think they say, "Wow, you know, they've got a tour bus and they're making all this money and they play videos on MTV and you and you watch all these backstories and read books." And I think the only people that made any money was record companies. Everybody well, major major labels. They originally were uh, first started. They were an offshoot of the major uh, movie companies, the you know Sony, Universal, things like that. They they started uh, the the records, putting the records out in uh, record labels as originally as a as a write off. It was it was uh, assumed to fail, you know, and and it took off with DJs and things like that, you know, and it started taking off. And people, of course, love music, and there was a lot of great music then. Um, so you go through the years, you know, with major labels that you're usually a starving, struggling artist. And all of a sudden this, this major deal is offered to you with a tour support and making a video and making a record that's, you know, a record would cost hundred to 200 grand was what, what ours cost our original ones, you know, to make. And then the videos like fly on Michelle and new thing and stuff. Those were quarter million dollar videos too, with everything that went into them. And, um, See bands, you don't understand. You sign that thing, you'll sign anything, and you don't. Especially me, I was so young, I didn't understand that we were actually had to pay for all of that. So that's all on our tab, you know. And until that's all paid back, they're gonna. You don't make anything, you know. And and uh, we had issues with that getting all paid back because it was so much money, and uh, and and it wasn't even our fault. The labels just kind of fell apart you know at that time and all of the the music that was in then became out and taboo instantly and uh and with the uh, lack of preparation and and lack of uh guidance and direction and stuff we went with uh what was currently happening visually you know and then and uh also with the guitar player we had so we were we didn't really able to carve our own niche so to speak, uh, on a major scale, where that would have you could ride through and and survive uh, 
and have your own niche where it does it's unaffected by the times like tom petty or you two or somebody like that you know that's keep doesn't matter what's going on in the world they're still going to have their audience and sell their records you know so yeah it's a it's a you know it's a a lot of artists are in the same boat. Now, if you go out and sell a couple million records right off the bat, which had we come out a year earlier with what we did and the way we presented it, would have uh, would have been a giant hit. But uh, we caught November 89 is when our first record came out. So we caught the 80s by one month and got lumped in with the 80s bands and, and shuffled out, you know, with the 80s bands. And it was... And, uh, after uh, the Arista record deal that that for a lot of reasons didn't uh, work out because uh, they didn't have a rock department and all they were interested in is me and my power ballads and you know I stuck with the band and stuff so after th that it was uh, welcome to the indie world of of small time compared to big time and and uh, from there it just slow slow downward spiral as you struggle but we're one of you know we were because of our songwriting and, uh, and our purpose, we continued to keep going and battle all the odds and suffer and struggle and to keep it going and run it on our, our own. And so we never made, you know, the little deals that we would take, you know, for to make a record or just to get it distributed on a label and stuff that were uh, for so, so uh, ineffective that we weren't making, we didn't make any money. We didn't make a penny so far in, uh, in, uh, in our careers. We have not, I haven't received one record, record royalty residual, you know, because the big hits were still owned by, uh, you know, there's still million dollars to pay off before you, you know, and, um, it's just the way things went, you know, we're, we're trying to get those records back right now too, for the collection, to get cataloging, uh, there's a, another year left on those contracts, but we're trying to get them early because they're not really doing anything with them. And they would be really beneficial to us to own those. Wow. Yeah. Let's go ahead and listen to, to one of your big hits from, from back in, I don't know if this was from 89 or 90, but back when that was released. Uh, let's listen to uh, New Thing. Yeah, that was November 89. We're back from listening to a new thing. I'm your host, Alan Kiger. If you're just tuning in, I'm talking with Donnie B, who was a founding member of Enough's Enough, who now has a new solo project, uh, a song coming out October 16th called Party Time. And when I'm going through some of your stats, correct me if I'm wrong, but in your career, you released, was it 13 albums with Enough's Enough and five solo albums to date? Yeah, 13, first of all, that release date has been pushed back a couple of times, and now with everything that's gotten light of what's going on, excuse me, with getting out of that deal and everything, and then making, excuse me, making this video, you know, with, with every, the way the state of the world is right now, uh, that's getting pushed back, and, and I don't have an exact date on when that'll be able to be released, because until the video's ready, you can't release the single, and I would say probably looking at uh in, into the beginning of november before 
well, that thing will be out there and it's still business to be done with it and you know to figure out where it's going and who's going to put it out and you got to set up a record too you know you have to do do all that you know independent or that promotion and stuff before you can put the record out so people are ready for it and there's promotion and people are are uh know it will exist you know so it's going to be a little while but uh you know, I made it this long, 56 years old, and, you know, I've survived this long. And, uh, you know, the beautiful things was my, the first thing I'd done in six years, you know, taking a big break from everything to get my health together and my sobriety and things like that because I just wore it out. But I put a couple solo out, albums out throughout the course of, of the career with Enough's Enough, and yeah, there's 13 Enough's Enough, five solo, some singles, and then there's all these other records of greatest hits and live and other conglomerations and things like that, you know. What what keeps you motivated as an artist? Is it the songwriting? Is it the playing? Is it performing in front of live audiences? What What is the key part to you that, that makes you thrive to want to do what you do? Well, I'm not particularly crazy about live performing, so, you know, with my anxiety and, and issues, and uh, especially sober and clean now, and it's not my, uh, there's a lot of stress and a lot of physical that goes on with that, but as early on, you know, about the time, once strength was out and things like that, we were starting to... Uh, to uh, you know, get correspondence with fans that are just to let us know that how heavily the you know as I always put all of my emotion and everything I put it out there in my in the songwriting you know to connect it, it was wasn't uh, your typical lyrics it was uh, you know telling what's going on I had a very troubled life and there was a lot of people like I'm king of the broken you know and uh, until we get to the point of where you got some people saying I was going to kill myself this day until I heard this song you know and you get a number of those together and that's there's a responsibility there and some purpose and and I know that with the way that I'm able to do these songs and, and how they're presented to me as ideas like from some other energy source they're given to me so it's my purpose and I'm not going to argue with it and that's what I should be doing and I always have what I need to survive and exist you know I just the rich and famous has never been never been a uh, focus or you know of mine but this is what I do I'm off and then not you got to add the other fact of I'm it's either that or what dig holes and flip burgers and <laughs> so there is a big purpose here and this is what this is what God wanted me to do and for you know if you save one person's life that makes you there's no price tag on that and that the ripple effect of that person's life that just you know that's worth your whole career you know if you're a caring compassionate connected person to trying to make the world a little bit better place because you're in it you know uh it's your purpose and you just know it and that, that's how i just know it and there's no options there's no ch other choice i like that i like how just the ripple effect of, of saving one person makes a difference on you know, it, it reminds me if, if you watch the movie uh, it's a wonderful life you know when he wasn't there and he went to the graveyard and he's like well my brother died this person happened to this you know one, one person doing something can make a huge difference in who knows yeah, how many I, lives I can tell you a quick real quick story I'll boil it down uh, I got a letter from a fireman 
in uh, the mid-90s that sent me an actual physical letter that explained how, uh, you know, everything had gone down. He had issues and problems with his job and uh, just got to a point where he believed that he was worth more to his family dead than alive with insurance policies and stuff because they were struggling and uh, just really down and uh, said he had the kitchen all taped off with plastic and everything for for the cleanup and stuff and sitting there with a shotgun in his kitchen floor and uh, and his favorite he put his favorite enough enough record on to go out in and uh, a song called on my way back home hit him and he didn't do that and now uh, years later in you know early 2000s I get a letter there's a chick that's nailing this letter on my my door and I'm like I open the door there's this hot as hell little young you know young girl nailing this letter to me and then and I was at a miserable marriage then and she's she told me she's always been in love with me and how I saved her father's life and just how how he when he the the way that he went got his life back together and all of the lives that he saved and all of the the, the ripple effect of those lives that he saved and and everything of what that the you know just the impact and the the magnitude of, of how effective that was, you know, and, and of course she was getting married the next day. So, you know, it was just my luck, <laughs> you know, and, but just that one, that one story that sticks out, you know, that's pretty heavy, you know, it is, that really is a fireman, especially a fireman who went on to save a lot of lives before he ultimately ended up, uh, uh, dying in a fire. Wow. That's horrible. Um, yeah. Why don't you, I mean, besides writing and, you know, being in a band, I, I, I have a hard time asking this question because a lot of artists don't really have a lot of these, but do you have any hobbies that you like to do outside of music? I love to, uh, to uh, you know, build and um, do little projects. I, you know, like to build uh, mechanical things and um like I was building these little motorized bikes for a while right today as before you called I'm building a shed you know to put all our junk in in the garage and different projects like that I almost like to do that stuff I uh I neglect my actual job you know it's where there's a lot of things I need to get done down there in my studio and I got a great studio now and uh but I've been uh gravitating more towards these projects and, and just getting finally having a home and a great family and uh you know just fixing the old hot tub you know uh repairing the kitchen ceiling uh building the shed you know f- fixing this fixing that and dialing it in for a family who'd who'd there you know went through a big divorce and there was no longer a man in the house to do any of this stuff in which he when he was there he didn't do anything to begin with because all he cared about was his little recording studio neglected his family and stuff so i'm here you know as much as they saved my life i'm here to really been a a big part of theirs and you know and getting them through this stuff and so that stuff you know family things and and building and uh stuff like my old hobby used to be cocaine so you know it's a better hobby now <laughs> yeah it's a lot better hobby um, are there charities that you like to support something that's dear to your heart that that you feel that you need to be a part of um any charities that 
You know, with uh, we did, I put out a song, Instant Karma, John Lennon's Instant Karma, and I was, I did that because I was in the hospital uh, a year and a half or so ago for my pancreas melted, and I spent a month and a half or something in the hospital, uh, and they basically told me I was, I was going to die, but I, I didn't, and I got, you know, got out through that, um, and uh, when I come out of that, you know, you just get a lot of big sense of uh, change of priorities and things. And, um, you know, I forgot what the question was. Oh, what, what are your charities that you Oh, yeah. Well, the Vincent Karma, I started thinking, well, I can't make money off that. And, and it's only and it didn't go on the album. It did in Japan. It's a bonus job. We want bonus truck, you know, but so... I found an organization that uh, uh, something to bring awareness to, which was anti-bullying, because I found the statistics on bullying was one third of all the youthful deaths in the, in the United States and most of the world are are due to uh, suicide. And one third of those were due to suicide because they were bullied, you know, because kids are mean. And, uh, and looking at the ages of these kids that have killed themselves, the earliest, you know, on the list was like nine years old. Yeah. A nine year old kid is that bothered that he takes his own life, you know, and, and, uh, so we went for that and, uh, ultimately that when the organization found out who the artist was, you know, in my history and reputation, they're like, ah, we're not, uh, not so crazy about that. But now I have a side project that I do. It's called the fallen blue where, uh, we cover, I cover uh, old classic songs and, and do my thing to them and make them, pump them up. And uh, we're in, in working with the Fallen, Brotherhood of the Fallen, like the, the, the families of, surviving families of uh, policemen and firemen and stuff killed in the line of duty. So those are the charities that, not to mention myself, it's a pretty good charity case. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Um, when when things get back to, I'm I'm gonna call normal. I don't I don't like the new new normal. But when things get back to normal, uh, will we see you out performing live music, promoting your new uh, music? Yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think things will ever get back to normal. This is something that's now a permanent change that the world will have to adjust to, and uh, and so. It won't get back to normal, but when they're as soon as they're out playing, I'll I'll be you know they say the early bird the early bird catches gets the cheese or the or the early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so uh, I'll wait and see what's going on and how things go down, and you know let not be the the lab rat on that stuff. But as soon as uh as soon as it's time to go, and, and and if there's any success with this video and single and stuff and the new label and stuff, of course I'll. Have to support it, you know, and uh, I just go with uh, the, what the direction of what God and and the higher energy puts in front of me, and I roll with that, and just stop trying to uh, stand in my own way and go, flow with the current. And so, whatever pre, you know pre presents itself to me, that where you, you just know beyond the shadow of a doubt, this this happened for a reason. So, what I'm supposed to do is what I'll do. Okay. Um, is there anything? you would like to tell the listening audience that I haven't asked you? That you haven't? Yeah. Um, yeah, if you haven't heard us or you haven't heard me or the songs I've written or enough snuff or anything, and if you like, you know, classic metal, uh, melodic 
rock and roll and pop and stuff like in the vein of the Beatles and things like that to go listen to us because uh, they've labeled me now the king of power pop which is a very flattering label that, uh, to have on you and um, also that that uh, yeah, I guess what I write is pretty effective and powerful for people who are dealing with things and stuff and, and uh, I do it all for the fans I like to hear that well, I want to thank you very much for being my, my guest today on Sights and Sounds. Um, thanks for taking your time. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I hope this new song, I hope it comes out great. I hope you get a lot of exposure with it. I hope the video is good. I saw you on an interview with uh, Eddie Trunk. You know, maybe, hopefully he puts you back on there and promotes your song on his, on his show. Uh, yeah, he's a big friends with Chips Enough, uh, my former partner, and so at that time I was kind of, you know, in a positive light, or, or at least presenting it as a positive light, and he was very into that. Uh, later on, I went on a tirade, and we had some big falling out, and I know he wasn't too fond of that, but there's, I'm doing a lot of podcasts and a lot of interviews and things like that, and so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am very positive, and uh, now, and uh, nobody wants to hear this crappy negative stories and stuff, you know, so, like today, is, you know, this interview was great, I love the questions you asked, I'm sorry I'm a windbag. No, but, uh, no, no, it makes the interview so much easier. That's, that's you saved, you saved me from probably having a stroke today because my anxiety was off the grid. You know what I mean? And so, thank God I seen the phone. Well, maybe, maybe <laughs> I have I put one my phone real away for the today. day. So, yeah, that's that's what I hope for. I, you know, when people listen to my show, I want them to get, you know, 30, 40 minutes of, uh, you know, where they can just leave life's troubles behind and listen to some music and learn about an artist and. It may be something in there, you know, apply to their life that, that'll make that's their life. The, that's the great thing about music, you know what I mean? It speaks to everybody, and it does do that, and it is powerful. And and uh, thank God there's still guys like you, DJs, that actually can uh, can do their thing, you know, and not just some program-directed cheat, things like that, and uh, thinking of me. And like I said, my phone was getting turned off, like, in two more minutes and I saw you <laughs> so the, it was it was meant to be in this interview <laughs> well, I, thank you so much for thinking of me well thanks for being my guest today it was a great pleasure again listening audience that was Donnie V you know the record's not going to release in October it's going to be sometime in November uh, is, is can people track you on Facebook Instagram uh, website what is it they need to go to Website DonnieV.com. There's Facebook, uh, my professional page. You know, I got a personal page, but it's not spelled the same. It's Don E V. Uh, there's my Twitter account, uh, Instagram, all that stuff, which I think is King of Power Pop. Um, you find it under that, and uh, anywhere the that. Like uh, like I said, I'm not giving up on the beautiful things record. It's the best thing I've ever done, and everyone that's heard it can't take it out of there, can't listen to it enough. And so, um, if you could play something off that, I could save the world or something would be great, and give people a chance to hear that new stuff. And you know what I mean, okay, I appreciate. And you can find me anywhere. You can find any other artist, except in a mansion. Except in a mansion. All right. Thanks for taking the time, uh, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks, Donnie, for, for being my guest today. Thank you very much. I hope my answers were too long for you. Perfect. All right. You've been listening to Sights and Sounds with Alan Kiger, sponsored by Hawkeye Storage in Danville. 
Join us the first and third Sunday of every month at 11 a.m. on WYRZ. And don't forget, if you miss a broadcast, you can hear the podcast at sightsandsoundspromotions.com, where Alan hangs out with music royalty. Hawkeye Self Storage in Danville has electricity hookups, 14-foot-tall doors, and 60-foot drive lanes, private bays, interior and exterior lighting with 24-7 access gated entry. They also feature indoor RV and boat storage with three locations, 1303 East County Road 200 South in Danville, 7410 West U.S. 36 in Danville, and 2238 West U.S. Highway 36 in Danville. More information can be found by calling their phone number at 31 31- Seven seven four five two seven zero zero, or by going to their website, HawkeyeStorageUnits.com.